for example, like tech roles. There are many great individuals that have taught themselves how to code mm-hmm. through boot camps or online training by themselves that you're excluding if that degree is required. Hey, how's it going? This is Anthony from Indie Worldwide. Can you believe it or can you not believe it? We're back with another episode of the Indie Worldwide podcast. Today, I'm talking to Susie Choi, an early stage founder working on Good People AI, a startup helping uh, HR and people ops hire more efficiently without bias, getting the candidates, candidates that they actually need for the role. So we talked about um, what it's like being a first-time founder, um, what she's learned through that process, some surprises she's had along the way, um, how she found her co-founder, um, why a pre-revenue startup already has two outsourced engineers that they're working with, and we also went pretty deep into um, the mistakes especially first-time founders, but all companies can make when it comes to hiring and how to avoid some of those mistakes so that your startup can flourish. So, hope you enjoy the conversation with Susie. So, Good People is a tool in a recruitment marketing brand um, aspect for talent acquisition leaders. I will say our ideal customer profile are talent acquisition leaders or people that are hiring that have a forward-thinking mindset. Um, What I mean by this is our tool right now, overall, what it encompasses is helping teams save time in their hiring aspects and also recruiting diverse talent. When I say diverse talent, it's not just the the way you look, right, or or the aspects of what most people think diversity is. But overall, what we mean as diversity is different experiences, different perspectives, um, different backgrounds. That's what I mean by diversity. And what we're trying to do, one thing that I realized in the hiring aspect um, of many companies is it ultimately starts with the job description. If companies are not writing the ideal job description, what I mean by this is the exact skills, qualifications that are going to be successful in the role. Many companies, what I've seen in the past, add in a lot of fluff. And what I mean by fluff Mm. is whether it's degrees or certain verbiage into it that may exclude certain types of people. So if you're looking at a job responsibility very objectively, does a, for example, does a degree, is that really required to be successful in the role or can that be taken out to actually open the pool for people that have more years of experience relevant or instead of that piece of degree, right? I understand there are certain careers like being a doctor or lawyer where you do need a juris doctorate or, you know, um, to go to medical school. But for example, like tech roles, there are many great individuals that have taught themselves how to code mm-hmm. through boot camps or online training by themselves that you're excluding if that degree is required, for example. So... But it's goodpeople.ai, right? So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that implies there's some kind of AI component to this as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming later on as well. So we're helping companies write better job descriptions by removing biases, ultimately what it is. Um, mm. There are many companies, too, that don't know necessarily how to write a job description. If they are, they're opening up multiple tabs. And when they're 
formulating the job description and they hire a person that's compared to the job description that they are advertising, it's not necessarily the person that they had in mind to be successful. So how do we actually come down to the core of writing a good job description that attracts the right talent for the long term? And um, you've been working on this for a bit, but all the hype today and yesterday was all GPT-4. GPT-4 is yeah. the plan to use the open AI API to pull this off, or do you have some other um, way of tackling it? Yeah, you know, that's a very good question. It came across my mind because, yes, you know, there are free plans um, on GPT. You can also pay for premium as well. There are many other companies that have also really followed that AI industry trend, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I've had other vendors come to me and suggest a very similar platform like ChatGPT to be incorporated into our core. That's something we'll probably later on down the roadmap as a possibility, but right now we're working more so on our MVP. So is the main value prop for good people AI, is it we'll write your job descriptions for you, or is it we'll make the descriptions you already have better? Mm-hmm. Or is it something else? It's both in a sense, right? If you already have the job descriptions, we'll have real-time scoring to make them better. If mm-hmm. you don't know where to even start, you can easily put in, for example, I'm looking for like a software engineer title. And you can pull up different um, templates as well that have had a lot of success for companies to use as a foundation or to source from to create your own. Um, I always say don't just copy another job description by its entirety. Every company is going to have different hiring needs and it's vital for whether it's the recruiter, hiring manager, or founder to really understand the essentials of what they need this person to do. Um, That's like our ultimate product. Right now with our MVP more so, think of it like a Dropbox for recruiters. Right. You've probably heard a lot of what's going on in the economy. And I've heard so many recruiters say, like, oh, I wish I had my job descriptions or my templates. Mm-hmm. Um, with this tool itself, you're able to help with consistency within your job descriptions within a click of a button. So if you're dealing with high volume, for example, like Meta or Amazon, whatever it may be, you see jobs available in the thousands. Right. If your company is going through a company rebrand, and you need to manually update all these job descriptions, it's a pain in the butt. So how do we actually save all that time to really focus on areas that are going to make a lot of impact for the company tied to business goals or revenue goals? It's taking away that whole aspect um, and being able to just edit one job description and have, whether it's be about the company, the benefits, whatever may be changing, just changed once and then just automated to change with all the other job descriptions itself so in that sense it's a productivity tool to start um so i'm on your website i'm checking it out i see the options are join the waitlist or request a demo so mm-hmm. what is the current stage of the product is it still being developed do you have the customers are you talking to your customers now uh, where mm-hmm. are we at yeah so we are pre-revenue right now um we are still developing the product itself the productivity um, tool itself is good to go. I was actually thinking of launching that first and then adding in different tiers of pricing with our ultimate product being the end goal. Um, but a chance for you to understand what value we can bring in with the productivity tool. And then if diversity, equity, inclusion are important to you in your hiring as well, when those features are built out, you could also ultimately upgrade it to those plans or 
if it's just dealing with high volume or having that Dropbox for recruiters, that is essential to you. We have individual plans as well. So if the productivity part's ready to go, what's what's the holdup? <laughs> Why aren't we out yet? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I'm just making sure that we are building up the pricing page because I want this to be a product-led um, sales process. So we are finalizing how are we going to work on the pricing per se, where it's affordable for individual usage um, and going to make a huge impact and bring a lot of value to recruiters or even founders like yourself. If you're hiring, mm-hmm. you don't want to just search through your cloud. If you had a tool to just manage all your job descriptions and help with your um, consistency in your branding, how do we help people like you, especially bootstrap founders? If you're not at the stage to bring on a talent acquisition team, Mm. So I'm hearing we a lot. Is that like the royal we, or is there a team you have co-founders or employees or freelancers or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, So I do have a co-founder and we do have two developers and two volunteers of designers. So we are conducting, these are testing, um, but we want to make sure we're bootstrapped and going at a fast pace. So we're making sure we iterate and everything. So you'll see the website being revamped a lot in the next few months. So if you're bootstrapped, didn't raise money, how are you able to afford two developers and like your own cost of living? Yeah, yeah. So right now it's coming out of our own funds. Um, they are mm-hmm. outsourced. Our goal itself within Good People is to create a lot of opportunities for job seekers at a global standpoint. Um, of course, you know, the markets right now, outsourcing is honestly cheaper in that aspect. There's a lot of great talent out there too. So we want to make sure we stay true to our vision in that aspect. Um, do you f- consider, so outsourced, you just mean like they're not a full-time employee, they work remotely. Correct. Yes. But they're not like a dev shop. They're individuals. No, they're individuals. Yes. Okay, cool. And, um, when did you start working on it and why? Yeah. So I worked on this very slowly. I would say the past like two years or so, it was more so a passion project of mine. Um, the ultimate reason of why I wanted to create this product was, especially with my experience helping startup companies more so focused in the Series A and B scale, when they're in that mode of let's hypergrowth scale. I've come in and built the infrastructure. Um, there are some challenges that I've also faced. Usually you are a one-person team until you grow. It's one is budget. People ops, HR is a very last department to get budgeting. Um, mm. so creative, yet you still want to attract diverse talent uh, within your organization as well, right? Um, That's a big problem that I came across. Two is being a one-person team. When I was creating job descriptions um, at a very high volume, it was taking up so much of my time when I could either be sourcing or on interview calls, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, how do I minimize all these pain points and have something that's pretty affordable Compared to like a LinkedIn or, you know, those enterprise level, you know, deals and vendors that are out there. How do I have something that falls within our budget that will still bring our company success? So I wanted to attack those two challenges. Is your background in like HR, people ops at tech startups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely more focused. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say the HR side, even though it falls under that umbrella. It would definitely mm-hmm. be the recruiting talent side. Gotcha. And then uh, how did you meet your co-founder? Funny, I met 
Oh, cool. Yeah, are you familiar with it? Yeah, I was kind of locked out of it for a long time because I didn't have an <laughs> iPhone. And by the time I finally did get an iPhone, it wasn't popular anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I only yeah, used it yeah. once or twice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it was huge during the, you know, the pandemic period when people were locked in. Um, yeah. And I was heavily involved in the talent acquisition rooms. Um, that was one way for me to get creative. Of how do I actually work on the recruitment marketing side um, of our company who doesn't have a lot of brand awareness compared to uh, fame or I would say main company, right? So I went on there, um, publicized our roles, you know, connected with talent. And at one point I started following the VC rooms. I was like, hmm, maybe I should understand what the VC world is like. Um, very heavily involved in the business rooms at times too. And he apparently just reached out to me. He's like, you know, I've been watching you, or not watching you, but hearing you for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I love what you stand for and just your mission of what you want to accomplish. How about we work on this together? You know, I'm very heavily focused on the engineering side. You have your vision and your idea. Let's go. Is this your first startup? Is it both your first startup? Um, it's my first startup. It's not his. Mm-hmm. And then how's the, like, breakdown of responsibilities? Yeah. So on my side, um, I wear a lot of hats. The CEO hat, the marketing, mm -hmm. sales, uh, product design, um, product management, all of that. Um, there are still areas that I'm still learning. It's a huge learning curve, especially without a lot of experience in those areas. For him, he deals with more of the finance and the engineering. Um, it's huge heavy lift on the back end side, so... That's his major area of focus. So the plan is to send this out to the newsletter, which has about 4,000 readers. Um, a lot of them are founders. Uh, a lot of them work in tech and want to become founders. Uh, they're bootstrappers. Some of them are hiring. If there was like one ask you could send out to that crowd, the thing that would help you out the most, what would you want someone to reach out to you with? That's a great question. Let me think about it for a second. There's a lot. Yeah. But if I had to choose one, um, if they are hiring even like one or two individuals for their team as a founder or bootstrapping, hiring is still important. Um, I think many don't realize hiring the wrong person will stop your growth, whatever you know growth mindset you have um, for your company. So if you are looking to hire any position, I would definitely say utilize our product, try it out. Um, if you have any questions, they can reach out to me directly of why is recruiting correctly vital to an organization and its growth? What are some of the like most frequent mistakes you see people making, especially in the job description, since that's what your product focuses on? Mm -hmm. um, let's see here. If I were to speak, let's, because your founders are more like in the tech heavy industry, I'll focus on mm -hmm. that aspect. They're able to write different technical skills that is required, but I don't think they set out the correct expectations of what makes a candidate successful, right? Um, it's very different with the job description that you see from a Google or Facebook because they have so many different roles. You can focus on a specific area. Mostly in startups, a big difference is you're going to be wearing a so are you actually encompassing what this individual will be doing um, correctly in the role? 
or are they going to be wearing multiple hats and you're not portraying that correctly in the role itself? So really being sure of what you are looking for and who you're looking for is really important in that aspect. Is that the kind of thing AI can detect? Like, would an AI be able to realize that the role is maybe broader than than is described? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, I think what would definitely help is if you put in information of whether your company is a bootstrap company or, you know, a very small organization, then I think it would uh, increase the parameters of what that job description will look like in that sense. Like, think of it mm. as a chat GPT. If you put in a generic prompt, you're not going to get the answer that you want. But if you mm. ask a specific prompt, you get a more specific answer, right? So it's feeding the machine and the AI the right data points to get the results that you need. Yeah. Um, of course, as long as yeah. we have more data, we'll be getting more information sitting out for so it's like a scenario. Have you seen any uh, scenarios in, in like your previous work where um, bad hires were made because of bad job descriptions and the like results of that mistake? Oh my god, too many. Um, there have been so many I've come across, and if you think about it, ultimately. Like you want an easy way out. I just created a basic job description. I hired someone. Mm. You need to think of the costs that go into the company itself, right? From that one bad hire. It would be the money you wasted on time to train, time to also hire the person. Like, are you using budgets for job boards or other tools to attract people, right? Um, the knowledge itself. If you do have a bigger team and this one bad hire doesn't work out, what kind of knowledge are they actually taking with them within that short period of time? Um, ultimately, the goal is to have someone in that seat for, I would say, minimum out, like a year long. A year long is pretty long to start a world, right? So I'm just mm-hmm. going to use that time frame. But if they leave within three months, you need to go back through that process again of, you know, uh, distributing the weight load of the work or going through sourcing again. Um, if you have a recruiter, time goes out of that. So it's a lot of aspects to monetary funds that you're wasting in the long run of a company. I think that is a big blind spot for most founders, but especially first-time founders, of you're very short-term focused when you're starting off because you're not even sure if the thing is going to work. But if it does mm-hmm. work, um, it's very nice to have employees stick around and enjoy their work sure. and be productive for a long time so that the investment you make into into them pays off and the, the investment mm-hmm. they make you know, into learning your product and things has a chance to work some and fruit. Mm-hmm. Let's say for, let me give a different example, right? Let's say you're trying to go into growth mode of a company mm-hmm. and you're looking to bring in and grow your sales team person or bring in your first sales. For example, if you were to bring in someone who's super successful at a large organization, they may not necessarily be successful in your organization itself. Going from example, like a hundred million to 200 million, and people who've had success there is going to be very different when you're a founder trying to get from zero to 100K, right? It's a very different case. So that aspect of someone who had a lot of success in sales in a large organization may not necessarily be the right person for you in a small organization that's trying to go from zero to one. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is also your first company. Have there been things that um, surprised you or 
just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go based on what you thought it would be like to be an entrepreneur? Camping, too many, too many. <laughs> um, Get specific. Oh my gosh, yeah, just the pricing, um, mm. the messaging, the content. You, when you're dealing with a lot of ideal customer profiles, you're going through user testing itself. I think when you have a very small pool, your opinions of what your features may be quickly shift depending on what people say. Mm. thing I've learned, though, is you can't please everyone, right? But if you do have those big brand ambassadors that are going to be with you the long term, are these the people that are going to be your paid customers in the long haul that are actually going to be beneficial? Or are you just trying to pick out, like, just be like, uh, what's the right word, I would say? Just accommodate every single customer. That's just never going to work. So you need to really refine and be specific of what feature should I actually listen to that the customers are asking for and what should I not. Um, all right. So since I got you here already, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit on Indie Worldwide and your perspective of it. Um, you signed up um, kind of at the end of last year, stuck around for a couple months, stayed in the Slack, but left the like intros part of it. Uh, what made you sign up for Indie Worldwide in the first place? And then did it meet your expectations? Mm -hmm. um, for me, why I joined Indie Worldwide was I want to connect with other founders that are going through the same problems I'm dealing with, with bootstrapping a company. It's a lot easier to get investors and help with your growth. But mm. how are these other individuals that have the like-minded mindset like myself being successful at what they do? Um, whether they are serial entrepreneurs or they are first-time founders like that. Um, the reason why I kind of fell off on the intro side, I needed to make sure I was more focused. I was having a lot of conversations with different people, but it wasn't necessarily, I think, an area that I needed to 100% focus on, per se. Uh, my goal right now is to make sure we get from zero to one, at least have the first 10 paid customers. Um, mm -hmm. So... I needed to just kind of narrow down my focus in the meantime. And once I get that correct, I was hoping to come back. Have you, um, how are you finding like potential customers to talk to and how many of those conversations have you had so far? Yeah. So either on LinkedIn, um, our Slack community for good people has been great as well. There are many people, I think it's more of a long-term strategy of recruiters and talent uh, acquisition leaders that have been recently laid off to build those relationships, especially because good people is not yet a well-known brand uh, of, hey, this is what we do on the job seeker side. Now that you understand when you get a new position, you'll see how beneficial our um, community and the job seeker platform was so that you may also bring it into your organization later on as well um, because we do have in a sense a marketplace um, that's associated with good people as well so that was a long what is that, that marketplace how does that work yeah so we have a slack community that has now grown over to uh, 1500 users within the past couple months we're trying nice. to move everyone over to our website as well the community mm. address that the jobs that we share on um, slack is a little hard to um, look for and research. So if there is a website where it's more organized, it'd be beneficial. So what the marketplace initially is going to do for job seekers is we're trying to democratize information. 
um, working towards pay equity as well by sharing information regarding demographics, not just demographics of a company, but of a team as well. Um, a lot of research and surveys that I've done with the community members too is, especially as women, they hear that a company may be diverse, but then when they go to their actual team, they're the first female, right? Yeah. Um, so they would prefer that information upfront to see the breakdowns. So they're not surprised, but their expectations are set correctly. Um, also, if you go to our website as well, we only share roles that have salary ranges that are provided. We want to make sure that we're moving towards a more equitable hiring process. Um, so those are our main roles that we focus on there, whether it's remote or within the U.S., but sharing all information. Like think of this as a one source of truth for job seekers. So rather than going to Glassdoor or LinkedIn, et cetera, you have everything on that company uh, profile to see their open roles and see if this is ultimately a good fit for me. From talking to those uh, initial potential customers and the people in your Slack, did your um, idea change? Is Are you still working on the same thing you set out to work on in the beginning? And if it did mm-hmm. change, how? Yeah, um, I would say ultimately the business model is the tool itself, right, of good people. The reason mm-hmm. why the, what why I would say the marketplace came to fruition is as a recruiter, I've had so many people reach out to me Right. Recruiters get thousands of LinkedIn messages all the time asking for help. Um, and more so, I was thinking of doing this pro bono, but I'm like, I can't help every individual. How do I help everyone mm. all together itself? And that's where the idea of the community came together. Um, we're going to blend these two aspects together in a sense for companies that really want to work on their company branding and also marketplace. It's not necessarily something we want to have as our main core product, but an additional advantage to the tool itself. Nice. Um, all right, we're at the half hour, so I don't want to steal too much of your time, but thank you so much for giving me a little bit of yours. And this should be going out like next week or possibly the week after at the latest. Awesome, awesome. Cool, cool. Any parting words for the aspiring indie hacker? Honestly, be resilient. Um, the lowest you could fall is the ground. But I think no matter how many mm. times something knocks you down, just keep getting up and just keep moving. All right. Um, thank you so much.